Welcome. This is Anastasia Glova bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Be sure to log on to our website, www.cato.org, for a full archive of our podcast as well as many other audio offerings. After the Census Bureau announced that the U.S. population would soon hit the 300 million mark, we've seen both celebration and consternation, optimism about the American future and warnings about unfettered population growth. Yesterday, we hit that mark, and Dan Griswold, director of Cato Center for Trade Policy Studies, is perfectly content. In today's podcast, he tells us why. Just yesterday, we hit the 300 million mark. Is it safe to call this overpopulation? Well, that's kind of a loaded term. I don't think the United States is overpopulated. You just get on a plane and look down from 30,000 feet over the country, and you see all sorts of rural areas and undeveloped land. America is a relatively low-density population country. And actually, the 300 million, I think, is something worth celebrating. We're a unique country in the world with a large population and a very high per capita income and high productivity, which magnifies our total GDP and our weight and influence in the global economy. I think it's a fantastic thing that 300 million people can enjoy the freedom and prosperity that we have here in the United States. So you believe that America can ultimately handle this kind of growth? I do. I do. We have lots of undeveloped land. And actually, it isn't so much that we're filling up uniformly as Americans have been moving around. You know, between the 1990 and 2000 census, 22% of U.S. counties lost population. There's large areas of the country that are prairies in particular are just kind of emptying out. People are moving to cities, to suburbs. And so there are no physical limits on our ability to grow. It's really a question of maintaining our free institutions, a prosperous economy, and innovative, dynamic economy. But wouldn't such an increase in population cause a corresponding decrease in overall quality of life? Well, that's certainly a concern out there. And somebody sitting in traffic or looking at a crowded school might wonder about that. But, you know, all the essential indicators of quality of life have improved over the last 50 or 100 years when our population was one half, one third of what it is. Americans are living longer and more healthy lives. Life expectancy has gone up 30 years since when we were a nation of 100 million. Infant mortality has plunged. The air we breathe and the water we drink is cleaner. Our houses are twice as large in square footage as they were 50 years ago. And looking around, I think we're eating about twice as much as we were back then, too. So all these indicators are there's no conflict between continuing increase in quality of life and a growing population. And in fact, a larger population allows us to fund things like national defense and interest on the national debt by spreading it out over more people. You know, the, the things people complain about most, traffic, schools, health care, those are things the government is heavily involved in, if not in charge of, whereas nobody ever worries about where the grocery stores and the gas stations and the shopping malls are going to come from, the new houses, those are provided by the market, which is more responsive to our needs. I think the answer is not to slow population, but to find a way to make government more responsive to a growing population. So why is it that as the American population grows, other developed areas such as the EU and Japan are declining? Yeah, there's a real sharp contrast between the United States and a lot of other industrialized countries. We're expected to add about 100 million people over the next, say, 40 years. In that same time period, Europe, Russia, and Japan are going to lose 15 million people. I think that creates much more challenging problems than a growing population in terms of, say, funding retirement programs. 
aging societies, you know, a younger society tends to be a more creative society because of young people. I don't think it's a coincidence that America basically ran the table on Nobel Prizes over the last week in science and medicine. It's because, one, we're attracting immigrants, but also because we have a relatively young population that creates a lot of new ideas and innovations. So what is it about the American culture that promotes high fertility rates and larger families as opposed to the European Union, for example? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. Our birth rate, which is the number of children per woman on average, is just under 2.1, which is replacement level. If you go to Spain and Italy and Japan and places like that, it's down to like 1.4. And I think part of it, there's a complicated reasons behind it, but I think it's a cultural thing. Americans are just more optimistic and hopeful towards the future. People feel that life is getting better in the long run. It may have its challenges today, but they're hopeful for the future. And so I see a growing population as part of what makes America unique in the world. A lot of this population growth is actually due to immigration. So just leaving aside raw numbers for a second, how is the composition of the population changing its culture? Well, first, let me say a thing about the numbers. Immigrants certainly are contributing to our population growth, obviously, but it's still most of the growth is coming from births over deaths. For every immigrant that comes into the United States, there are two or three babies being born. Immigration accounts for about 43% of population growth. So really, immigration is just allowing us to maintain a steady, modest growth rate of about 1% per year, which is actually below what the historical average has been over the last century. But you're exactly right. It's changing the composition, the ethnic and racial composition of the United States. We're becoming a more Hispanic nation. They're now the number one minority. The Asian minority is growing rapidly. But, you know, America's never been defined along racial or ethnic lines. It's a creedal nation. And I think it's part of our dynamism, both economically and culturally, to have this ethnic mix. I think the danger is if we lose that economic dynamism, people become resentful because it's a stagnating pie. Or if government encourages people to live kind of culturally separate lives through bilingual education and emphasis on multiculturalism, the welfare state trapping people. But we can refine those things and curb the negative impact. America is a great engine for assimilating people into this free, dynamic society. And I expect that will continue into the foreseeable future. If you enjoyed this program, consider subscribing to Cato Audio, a dynamic 60-minute monthly recording that brings you inside the Cato Institute for highlights from exceptional, one-of-a-kind lectures and events on key issues of the day presented by nationally known scholars, authors, and political leaders. Cato Audio is available on our website as well as on iTunes and audible.com.